He is risen. Welcome to First Hamilton CRC's sermon podcast on this Easter Sunday. My name is Chris Schoon. I serve as the lead pastor here at First Hamilton. Our message this week comes from Matthew 28, 1 through 10, and draws us into the unexpected joy and mission of that first Easter morning. We pray that this message will encourage you as you seek to know and follow Jesus Christ. This can be found in your pew Bibles on page 1549, Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Many ways, this text is about opening our eyes. It's about opening our eyes to see for who is a, a risen Savior, something that, that we could not comprehend apart from God's revelation to us. In this text, there, there are no less than five different words that speak about seeing and looking and seeking. It is a text that flows over with this idea of pay attention. Take a close look. It's inviting us to come closer and closer to the tomb and discover that it is empty. And in discovering the empty tomb, to, to encounter the risen Savior and to go out from there full of joy because of what God has done. We enter this story with with a couple women on the morning after the the Sabbath day has finished, and they've come to the tomb. And they've come to the tomb. It says Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And, And the word used for look here has the idea of visiting a memorial. It's kind of like the idea of keeping vigil. They went to the place where they last saw Jesus' body. 
In fact, if you read a couple verses beforehand, while the crucifixion is happening, it names these two women, among others, who are sitting there at a distance, watching the cross. Not just watching the cross itself, but watching Jesus, the one they followed and the one they've loved, die. And as they watch him die, they're watching their hopes and their dreams and even their faith in God to some extent die with him. They have watched they have sacrificed for years. They have, they have wandered with Jesus and walked around and followed him. And, and they had come to Jerusalem a week ago with all those hopes coming to the surface that this might be it. The time where God makes everything new for his people. And they had come full of excitement and joy only in a matter of a few days to see that excitement and joy turned to a sorrow they had never imagined possible. And so they did the only thing someone in grief can do. They went to the tomb. They had seen the day before, just before the Sabbath began, they had seen Jesus' body get placed in that tomb and the, the large stone rolled in place over it. And so they went to that tomb, that closed tomb to vigil to sit in the midst of their grief and sorrow I think for some of us for some of us this is our posture towards the whole biblical story we hear this story about Jesus but we're not quite sure what to do with him we hear that he was a good teacher. In fact, we can talk about him having been a good teacher and made a difference in the world. We can even appreciate his teachings and take a few of them and try to apply them to our lives. But for the most part, we live as if that tomb is still covered. And we live in such a way that we're just kind of standing there, observing Jesus as if he is a bygone hero of a past age, saying, wasn't it great that he lived once? And we, like the women, come to that tomb and we expect it to be closed with a body in. Something like visiting the gravesite of a famous person, a memorial. But the story doesn't end with the women sitting there looking at the tomb. They get to the tomb and they encounter something that they could not have expected. They could not have expected to see the guards there laying as if they were dead. I mean, these are Roman military guards. These are powerful, powerful men. These are the men who just beat Jesus to death. These are the men who have been part of that Roman authority oppressing people again and again and again who have been around in such a way that no one could overthrow them. And this military army, this attachment of soldiers, their only job is to guard a dead body. Of course you expect the soldiers to be there, but you don't expect them to be laying on the ground 
as if they are dead. The women draw a little closer. And they see an angel sitting on that stone. And the the angel says, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. And that word looking, this time is a completely different word. It's searching. The best word for it is searching. I know that you are searching for Jesus. I know you came to grieve and mourn, but I see in the midst of that grief and mourning what you really want, what you're really longing for, what you're really searching and seeking for is Jesus. He's changed everything for you already. I mean, Mary Magdalene is one of those who had, it says at another part, seven demons cast out of her. Her whole life transformed She had been living one way, and because of Jesus, her life had been completely changed, and a freedom had come in that she had never known or experienced before. And here, here she hears the angel naming what is deep inside of her. You're not here for a memorial that won't satisfy you, You're not here simply to grieve at a tombstone. That will not bring you the hope and the healing that you're longing for. You have come here looking for Jesus. Longing beyond possibility. Longing beyond what you dare to put into words. That Jesus really somehow is still alive. Longing and seeking Jesus. I think many of us actually come here for that reason. Whether we show up once a year or we come here every week and we're here on days in between, (laughs) we come seeking Jesus. May the stories about you, Jesus, be even more true than what I've heard. May you be even better than what I've seen your people live like. May you be even more powerful than I have dared to imagine. May you be able, Lord, somehow, God, to speak into the brokenness and the loneliness and the sorrow and the grief of my heart and my life. We all come this Easter morning, some of us knowing the story already that he's risen, some of us having heard it for 90 years. He is risen, he is risen, he is risen. And we come here so that we can hear once again, he is risen indeed that our faith may be renewed, that, that in somehow this seeking after Jesus, we might actually see him and encounter him in our lives. It might not just be a story from the past, but a God who is really alive today. I know that you are seeking Jesus. Do not be afraid. It's a powerful statement, do not be afraid, isn't it? Because to seek after Jesus involves a bit of vulnerability. It involves us letting down some of our pretense and our guard. It involves us coming to a place where we say, I actually need a savior. Someone who can do something in my life that no one else can do. Someone who can enter into my life and and bring about a change in me that that can't happen any other way. Someone who can actually rescue me and save me from sin and all the consequences of sin. And to admit in this culture 
that we need help, and not just that we need help, but that we need saving, is a pretty vulnerable thing. And yet here, the angel seeing that speaks those gracious words, do not be afraid. Though the soldiers are like dead men, do not be afraid. The angel does one more thing. He doesn't stop at, just trust me. He says, come and see. Come open your eyes and look. Enter into the empty tomb. See the place where they laid him, that that it's empty. He's not there. Come in and look. Take the time to enter into that space where, where you believe his body should be, that you believe he is really dead. Come enter in that space. I love that this invitation is in the Easter story because we are a people filled with doubts and fears and questions. It does not make sense to our rational minds how anyone can come back from the dead. And the angel, instead of saying, just believe, says, come on in. Come see. Come take a look. Look around and and see what has happened here. Pay attention. It's an incredible invitation for us. No matter how long we have been in the faith or how far away from the faith we feel, that our God, this God, this Jesus Christ, is not afraid of our doubts or our questions or our wondering, but actually invites to take them into the tomb. Go into the tomb and look. See that he is not there. See that he is risen from the dead. The angel adds, then... After you've taken a look around, after you've, you've had your mind blown apart by what's just happened here, after that, go quickly. We can't stand at the empty tomb for too long because it changes everything. If that tomb is really empty, everything changes The whole world is being made new. Something has happened that can't be understood or comprehended. Something has happened that changes everything about who we are and about the way we live. And the two Marys, having seen the empty tomb, turn to go, and they go quickly. You know, we like to pick the passage that's at the end of this chapter, Matthew 28, and we call it the Great Commission. And we talk about how the apostles are sent out into all the world, but we miss the start of the story. The first commission is to the grieving women. The first commission is to those grieving women who didn't know what else to do in their grief but go looking for Jesus. And they went to the tomb, and as they're at that tomb, they are given a commission to go and to tell. And they're told to head out and tell my brothers Go tell the disciples. Go tell what you have seen. And I love this because they haven't had a theology course. They haven't had any training. They don't have any certificates to say they're qualified to preach the gospel, but they are given a gospel message to go and preach. And that gives hope to everyone. 
no matter who you are, no matter where you are at in your faith journey, if you encounter Jesus at all, you have the authority and the responsibility and the knowledge to go and tell. The commission is for each of us. Each of us who encounter Jesus Christ are sent based on that encounter to go and tell to go out and tell the world what we have seen. We may not say it perfectly. None of us knows Jesus perfectly. We may not say it perfectly. We may fumble over ourselves. We may not think we've got it right yet. But what we do see and what we have encountered, we are called to go and tell. I love that Jesus, full of compassion, shows up in this story too. It wouldn't be an Easter story without Jesus showing up. But the angel tells them, and the angel reminds them, and then with a touch of compassion, Jesus shows up. He shows up to those grieving women as they're fumbling over themselves, as, as they're trying to make heads and tails out of this situation. And, and, and even as, as Mark's passage that Karis read at the beginning of the service, they, they started to leave the tomb not intending to tell anyone because they were so afraid. They were bewildered and trembling. I would be too if I encountered an empty grave and an angel. <laughs> and Jesus, in his compassion, meets them on the way. He shows himself to them. He encourages them. He says, I'm really here. I'm really alive. Even though I died, I am really alive, and I'm really with you. And in that good news, the women get up, and they go to tell the disciples. And as they say the rest of it, we know the rest of the story, don't we? The women encountered Jesus that morning. It took them desiring to see that place where he had been lain. It took that willingness for them to say, we're going to go there even we don't know what's going to come of it. We're going to go pay attention to the last place we knew Jesus was at. And then while they're there, given that invitation to recognize what was going on in their hearts, that they're really seeking after Jesus, the living God. And that he is alive and having seen him being sent into the world. It's the gospel story. Jesus Christ, who died, is now risen. And us, as we encounter him and encounter his story, are are commissioned to go and tell the world the good news. He's not dead. He is risen. Amen. God, on this day, as we remember your faithfulness and your love, as we remember this incredible story of Jesus rising from the dead, we pray that you would rise in our hearts and our lives too. May you enter those places where we feel dead and may you fill them with your life. May you enter those places where we feel dead to you and may you bring new life as you enter in and show us yourself. May you help us to truly see who you are, the risen, the risen Lord. 
In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. Invite us to stand and sing in response in Christ alone. <laughs>